Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to this service of worship, an opportunity to pause, to refocus our hearts, our minds, our souls upon our God who is fully in control. I wonder how you've come here this morning, if you've come in a mad rush, whether your mind is full of the dreadful news that we're watching day by day on our tellies, whether we are still struggling, as so many are, even from our own fellowship with COVID, whether we're worried about the price hikes that we see in all around us. Maybe our hearts are saddened coming into the building following our goodbyes to Pauline Yates this week. Or for those many amongst us who are grieving for Pauline and Kevin who have got the funeral of Pauline's dad. Michelle, Felicia, so much on our hearts at the moment, isn't there? So much sadness surrounding us. But we're here this morning to consider those battles. That's something we're going to be thinking about this morning. But we're also here because we know that our God is all-powerful. We know that he is still in control. We know that he holds our hands, our hearts and our lives as precious in his hands and he cares. And so we're going to stand this morning and we're going to sing our first song and make it a declaration. We have 10,000 plus more reasons to bless our Lord this morning. So please join with me if you're able and stand and let's declare God's praises here together today. And Father God, as we stand here this morning, we praise you because you are great. You are awesome in power. You are all-powerful. You're all-knowing. You're all-loving. And Father God, we stand in humble adoration of you this morning. And we thank you that even when we look around ourselves and see battles and desperation all around us. Yet, God, you remain firm. You remain in control. And, God, those situations that feel so out of control, we just hand them to you and we thank you that, God, you are over all and in all. Father, we pray for peace for our world. We pray for the saving of those innocent people that are suffering. And we pray for your protection over people who once were brothers who are fighting one another. Father God, protect people, we pray today. And protect our hearts. Keep us trusting in you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take a seat for a moment. We're going to watch um, a short video of a choir from Kiev singing a song, a song that was put together hundreds of years ago by Russians and Ukrainians together, Christians who wanted to worship their Lord. The words have been put up, so you've got an idea of what they're singing. They don't quite tarry up exactly, so Ukrainians speaking amongst us, I apologise that they're not quite 
in sync, but they're there to help us to understand the prayers of this nation. It's something that the European Baptist Federation have offered as something to play in our services. So as we listen to this, let's bring our hearts before our God and let's pray for that nation of Ukraine. And let's pray that the Russian invasion would be stopped in its tracks. Let's join them as they sing this song. help but wonder where those men are today, can you? We continue to pray for Ukraine later um, in the service, but I know all of us are bringing them before our God who is able, and so let's continue in our worship as we sing, King of Kings, he is indeed our King of Kings, so let's worship him. I invite you to stand. Then please take your seats, except I hope some of you won't take your seats because this morning we're thinking about battles and I wonder if anyone here has had a battle that they've had to fight, that they've seen God come through and bring them through and are able to share it this morning. Has anybody got a battle that they've seen God deliver them from? Just a couple of words, doesn't need to be very long. We have a sermon. Has anybody got a, an illustration that they could bring this morning to thank God for how he's brought them through? Upstairs can join in as well. Anybody? No one can think, I should have given you a warning, shouldn't I? 
Oh, we've got one here. Would you like to come forward, Jackie? <coughs> if anyone else has got something they'd like to share, please, please do come forward, because we'd love to hear your stories this morning. You might want to take your mask down, just I'll hold this for you. I'll hold it. There you go. I was walking down Main Road, and it was a heavy rain and really heavy wind. And a lot of you know I'm diabetic, and I started having a low blood sugar attack and my legs were going weak because that's what happens, I lose the ability to walk. And I was frantically trying to eat glucose tablets so that I could keep moving and wouldn't collapse on the street. Well, I was getting worse and worse. So I prayed. I asked God, please, 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 just stop the wind and the rain so that I can eat these glucose tablets and get home and just as I finished speaking, the wind and the rain stopped and I got safely home. <laughs> and I know that was God. And he is awesome and I love him. Thank you, Jackie. And you know what? Jackie's got another testimony that she shared on RBC+. Her father was so seriously ill recently, they didn't expect him to survive. And we as a church joined with her praying for him. And praise God, he's now home. That's amazing as well. So praise God. Is there, yeah, Brenda, are you able to come up this way? I'll bring the mic down for you. Okay, that's fine, absolutely fine. I, I just want to say I battle with anxiety every day. And God has seen me through every time. Praise God. And that is a real battle, isn't it? Thank you, Brenda. Anybody else? Yes, please, come on. It's lovely to see you back. Come on up with us. <laughs> with a new member, it would seem. <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, so me and my husband, we've now got two babies under two, and God has helped us through so much because... With Leo, we had him during lockdown, and it was a really hard pregnancy, and it, the whole situation was just so difficult, and he got us through having our new little one just here. So praise God. Oh, he's gorgeous. I just, I just want to hold him for you. <laughs> and hello, Leo, as well. Anybody else? Have we got one final one? Anybody upstairs had God on their side recently that you can share? Anybody? It's a long way up, up there, isn't it? Anyone downstairs? You know what? We've all got personal stories, haven't we? I'm sure we're sitting here. And if, if you can't think of something, I encourage you to go home today and to think, how's God helped me through a personal battle? Because there will be many and it's so lovely to hear your stories. And they're so refreshing and real, aren't they? God helps us. He helps us in our times of trouble. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing with a song that's going to be up there. I raise a hallelujah. And let's make this hallelujah loud. Because we have plenty to say hallelujah to God for this morning. Let's stand.
you can, on Wednesday evening, we have got the second session of our new series called Be Still. Um, it's a really great opportunity to um, reassess how you do your quiet time, um, if you want to change it up, do something different, or even just to find out more about it. Um, it's a great way also to get to know people in the church. We break into Zoom small groups, so you get to chat to people who you might not have spoken to properly on a Sunday or previously. So if you can, please do join us. Next Sunday after the morning service, if you have been coming to church within the last six months, we're going to have a newcomer's reception, and it's going to be out the back, um, and it's going to be like tea, coffee, cakes, and it's an opportunity to um, speak to the ministers and some of the leadership team, just so you can find out more about the church, and ways you can get involved, things you might want to take part in. So if you've been coming within the last six months, please do come after the morning service um, next week. Um, coming up on the screen, you'll see there are some activities to do with um, Easter and the children. And um, please do stick, please do speak to Hannah if you want to find out more about it. Um, she's got all the leaflets, so please do. During the Easter holidays, she's got an Easter activity week for the children. And then finally, on the same theme of Easter, there is going to be a passion play being held um, on the grounds of the Queen's Theatre on the green there. They are, though, still in need of musicians and singers, anything to do with music. If that's something you want to be involved in, please do speak to Joseph Onochi, um, he's part of that, and she'd love to give you some more information about it. Um, there is also a notice about it on the notice sheet out the front, so if you can't find her, please do take the information from the notice sheet. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley. We're going to stop and we're going to say thank you to God for the offering. We've got boxes at the front and at the back and a card machine. So, And obviously the banks are very busy. So let's say thank you to God for all of his blessings to us. Father God, we thank you for the gifts that have been given for your glory today. Lord, we pray that you take these monies and that you would use them to shine your light, to share your truth that many people might come to know you through the offering we give today. And Lord, as we offer our finances, so we also offer our lives afresh. God, we've said that we'll raise that hallelujah with everything inside of us. And so this morning, we offer you everything that we have, everything that we are. We come as poor as we are, and Lord, we know that there's so much lacking in our lives and yet God you welcome us and so father today we just say thank you thank you for your gift of salvation thank you for your grace lord please take us take our money and use all of it for your glory for we ask it in Jesus name amen we're going to sing another song and as we do our children and young people are going to leave us for their groups so going to head that way. If you're not sure, Hannah will be at the door and will direct you. So let's stand and make this our prayer.
Amen. Please take your seats. We're going to continue in prayer as we pray for the needs of the world and for one another. And I want to start by focusing on Ukraine. And I want to invite anyone here who's from the Ukraine or got family in the Ukraine, if you'd like to stand, we'd like to pray for you. Thank you. And if there's anybody here who have got family or relatives or they themselves are from the countries surrounding Ukraine and are finding themselves deeply affected, I want to invite you to stand as well. I know we have a number here who are. Okay. And then if there's anybody else here who um, has been involved, maybe you've got friends who are out that way, if you'd like to stand as well, and we'd like to pray for you. But otherwise, we'll pray particularly for Victoria and the family as they are from the Ukraine. Let's pray. Father God, we surround Victoria and her family this morning. We thank you for them. Lord, we pray for them today. We can't imagine how they are feeling, how helpless, how heartbroken. Father God, may they know that as a fellowship we love them and want to support them at this time. Father, put your loving arms around them personally as a family, we pray. For all of their friends, their family who are still out in Ukraine and in the surrounding countries, Father, we pray for your protection over them. We pray that they might know your presence standing with them. Lord, for those other members of our fellowship who we know have family in the surrounding areas, Lord, we pray that they too might know your peace and your comfort, that they might have the courage and ability to help in practical ways of those who are fleeing their homes. Father, we pray that you would... Father God, we pray that you would work in the lives and the hearts of those who are standing up, Father God, who are seeking to do the right thing to protect their country and their homes. Lord, we pray for protection over them. We pray for those who are seeking to bring war to that country. We pray that the tanks would get stuck in mud. We pray that, Father God, their equipment would fail. Father God, we pray that somehow you would torment Putin in his dreams when he closes his eyes. May he see visions of what he's doing to people's lives and homes. Father, I pray that he would have no peace and that God, you would cause his commanders to stand up and to stop this war. Father God, we've been reading in Daniel how you've done incredible miracles and spoken in incredible ways, and we pray the same into this situation. That, Father, you would speak in visions, that you would appear in mighty, miraculous ways, and that, God, you'd bring peace to that country in a way that we can't even imagine at this point. 
Lord, protect the lives of all the innocent people, we pray. And Father, we pray for those soldiers who perhaps are not wanting to be part of this war but are being forced to. We pray that they would come together. We pray that they'd have conversations and that they would lay down their arms. And Father God, we pray for all those surrounding nations who are reaching out in blessing to the Ukrainians who are fleeing for their lives. Father, we pray that that sense of love and compassion and understanding would continue. That, Father God, you would continue to provide for people. And Lord, we pray as a country, as a nation, that you would make us open and welcoming to. So Lord, we pray for the nation of Ukraine. And we pray that peace would come again. Amen. And Lord, we continue to pray for those close to home, our friends, our family who have been suffering so much recently. We pray for Ken, Nikki and Simon and ask that you would continue to comfort them. We pray, Lord, for Pauline and Kevin, Lauren and Rachel and the family. May they know your loving arms surrounding them and upholding them, especially tomorrow. We pray that that service of thanksgiving would be a blessing to them as they remember Pauline's dad. May they know your comfort and your love. Father, we pray for Michelle, who's recently been bereaved. We pray for Felicia and her nieces. Particularly, we pray for Chisholm and just pray for your hand of healing and mercy upon that child. Lord, surround that family who found themselves in such a desperate situation. Father, we pray too for John and Mary Harrison as they lost uh, Mar uh, Mary's uh, mother this week, this week. Lord, surround them with your loving, comforting arms, we pray. And particularly for her sister, who's so ill too, we just pray that she too would have a real sense of your peace at this time. May she come to know you, Father God. I know that's their prayer. Lord, we pray for the many people who we know who have got COVID right now. Pray for your hand of healing on them. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering with long-term ill health. Lord, meet with them, we pray. Give them hope and strength and courage to face each day. And we pray that you'd help those who are helping them, that they'd be supported and given what they need to get through each day. Father, we bring to you our own hearts. Lord, you know the things that concern us. You know the things that make us smile. Lord, you know our struggles and you know our joys. And Lord, as we think today about knowing you in our battles, Lord, I pray for each and every person here and online who's listening, that each of us might know you today and this week 
in our own personal battles as the one who's in the, who is our Lord, who is in control, who never, ever lets go or forgets. God, thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to have our reading from Daniel chapter 8, brought by Bree and John. Thank you. Good morning, church. We are continuing with Daniel 8. I'll be reading verses 1 to 14, and John will be doing um, for 15 to 27. Daniel's vision of the ram and the goat. In the third year of King Balzajar's reign, Daniel, I, Daniel, had a vision after the one that had already appeared to me. In my vision, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa, in the province of Elam. In the vision, <coughs> I was beside the Ule, the Ule Canal. I looked up, and there before me was a ram with two horns standing beside the canal, and the, and the horns were long. One of the horns were longer than the other, but grew up later. I watched the ram as it charged towards the west and the north and the south. No other animal could stand against it, and none could rescue from its power. It did as it pleased and, began, and, became, and became great. As I was thinking about this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between its eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. It came towards the two-horned ram, and I, and I had seen standing beside the canal, charged at it in great rage. I saw it attack the ram furiously, striking the ram and, scattering, and shattering its, its two horns. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is a bit dry. The ram was powerless to stand against the goat. It, against it, the goat knocked it to the ground and trampled on it, and none could rescue the ram from its power. The, the goat began very great, but at the height of its power, the large horn was broken off, and in its place, four prominent horns grew up towards the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came another horn, which which started small, but grew in power to the south and to the east and towards the beautiful land. It grew until it reached the hosts of heavens and it threw some of the starries, um, star, some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. It set itself up to be as great as the commander of the army of the Lord. It took away the daily sacrifice from the Lord, and its sanctuary was thrown down. Because of the rebellion, the Lord, because of the rebellion, the Lord's people and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him. How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, the surrender of the sanctuary and the trampling underfoot of the Lord's people. He said to me, 
it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary will be reconsecrated. second half is titled The Angel Gabriel Explained the Vision. I was trying to understand what the vision meant when suddenly someone was standing in front of me. I heard a voice call out over the river Eulay. Gabriel, explain to him the meaning of what he saw. Gabriel came and stood beside me and I was so terrified that I fell to the ground. He said to me, mortal man, understand the meaning. The vision has to do with the end of the world. While he was talking, I fell to the ground unconscious, but he took hold of me, raised me to my feet and said, I am showing you what the result of God's anger will be. The vision refers to the time of the end. The ram you saw that had two horns represents the kingdoms of Media and Persia. The goat represents the kingdom of Greece and the prominent horn between his eyes is the first king. The four horns that came up when the first horn was broken represent the four kingdoms into which that nation will be divided and which will not be as strong as the first kingdom. When the end of those kingdoms is near and they have become so wicked that they must be punished, there will be a stubborn, vicious and deceitful king. He will grow strong, but not by his own power. He will cause terrible destruction and be successful in everything he does. He will bring destruction on powerful men and on God's own people. Because he is cunning, he will succeed in his deceitful ways. He will be proud of himself and destroy many people without warning. He will even defy the greatest king of all, but he will be destroyed without the use of any human power. This vision about the evening and morning sacrifices, which has been explained to you, will come true. But keep it secret now, because it will be a long time before it does come true. I was depressed and ill for several days. Then I got up and went back to the work that the king had assigned to me, but I was puzzled by the vision and could not understand it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, John and Bree. Daniel was puzzled. I'm glad I'm not preaching on this one. <laughs> because breathing a big sigh of relief upstairs as well. We're going to stand and we're going to sing our next song as we prepare to hear God's word. I nearly hesitate to ask questions about planning at the moment. Has anybody here's week gone exactly as it was planned? No. no. <laughs> no. 
Isn't it amazing that sometimes we go through seasons of frustration after frustration. We plan for something and it seems to be frustrated. This morning we were due to have Steve on the keyboard, but sadly his mother-in-law passed away early this week. And so he's rightly with his family. And we are grateful to Christine, the wonderful Christine, who stepped in to make sure we've got some music this morning. Thank you very much, Christine. But in there, there was a frustration. Why does it not go smoothly? Why does nothing ever go smoothly? And I'm sure all of us at different times have had plans and it's gone wrong. And we think, why? Why? Well, we come to this wonderful passage in Daniel chapter 8, and we have to ask the question, why? Daniel, we've learned so much through Daniel. Let me just say, we're not picking these verses out last minute. This series was planned right back in the autumn, before we knew anything about what was going on in the world. And whether that's God's leading or coincidence, I don't know. But it feels like this has got a lot to say to us in a world that is in trauma, in a world that is in torment, when plans have been frustrated, where everything seems to be going wrong. The one thing we need to be reminded of constantly, and this passage reminds us, God is in control. Don't feel like it sometimes, though, does it? It feels so difficult. And to Daniel and the Israelites and those who are now in exile, in this godless place, there must be a sense of how long, Lord? How long, Lord, are we going to have to put up with this? Let me remind you, the Bible nowhere says that Christians will not struggle with pain and with persecution. And when we try to believe that we will never have things go wrong, we are not following the Bible. Because God's closest and most profound spiritual leaders had all kinds of torment. And God knows what that torment feels like because Jesus himself suffered persecution, torment, pain, and death for who he is. So as we just think about the things that have gone wrong, let's remember this in the context of the biblical story. The pain of loneliness being misunderstood was something that the church has struggled with for years. In the early first century, Christians were called, cannibal, called cannibals and they suffered all kinds of abuse. And yes, today, Christians I know are suffering physical illness. And yes, cancer. And Christians also struggle with finances. 
And it's not something to be with, be ashamed of. It's part of life. I'm just going to give an unashamed plug right now. That if you are struggling with your finances, contact the community money advice line. There's leaflets out there. And there is people and help there for you. Don't struggle alone. And it's confidential. It won't appear in the notices. It won't appear anywhere. It's about helping you in your struggles as we help people in their struggles. But we struggle to understand why suffering takes place. And we find the whole thing of suffering perplexing. But we know God is good. And we know God is in control. But we struggle to fathom out why he's allowing something to happen in the way it is. Or what the purpose behind it may be. The believers in Daniel's day had been taken away from their land. Their temple had been destroyed. They lived in a place that thought little of God. And we come to Daniel seeing these visions. These visions of instances and something coming to the future. The visions were really real. Have you ever woken from a night's dream and it's been really real? And you maybe wake with a start and was it a dream or not? And it's really affected you. Anybody ever done that? I'm sure you have. I'm sure we all have at some points. And we then start thinking, did I eat too much cheese last night or whatever? And actually, you might even wake up in a bad mood, not because of anything, but because your dream has put you in that mood. And you struggle because it has become so real to you. Well, multiply that by 100. It feels what Daniel was facing was really, really This is not a dream. This is Daniel being immersed in a, an experience that is painful and troublesome. It's an experience that causes him all kinds of anxiety. Daniel getting a picture, a vision from God of what's going to happen. And this vision has much detail, Daniel's recorded it. But they're absolutely remarkable in their precision, particularly as events that are to follow are 10 years, 200 years and 400 years before they even take place. The accuracy of Daniel in this part of Daniel is so stunning that some biblical scholars refuse to believe Daniel could have written the words before they took place. We know a God who's greater than that, though. A God who does tell. You see, as Christians, we know it's not hard for God to tell the future. God knows things past, present, and future. After all, He is the Alpha and Omega, He is the beginning and the end. He knows all things. Let me just take a digression here. You see, 
Very often we want to know exactly what's going to happen in the future, don't we? And many people go to try and find out from horoscopes or tarot cards or Ouija boards the future. God specifically warns against doing those things. They are dangerous. God reveals what we need to know, but he does not want us to go playing with those things because they open us up to all kinds of spiritual forces that are wrong. And I've got to ask you, why do you need to know the future? Had we in 2019 known what 2020 was going to bring, would we have been able to cope? Would we have been able to cope? You see, for Daniel here, this knowing what's going to happen is causing him great stress, and we'll come to that in a moment. This vision was given to Daniel so that God's people would be prepared for the future suffering they were going to endure. They were going to get, things were going to get very difficult for God's people. But God's people could go into them and take hope because God was still in control and God had placed a limit on the extent of the evil that he would allow to take place and he has promised to bring restoration. As we look out in today's world and look at the evil that we are seeing in Ukraine, got to say in the stories of evil there is stories of hope Ukrainian Christians still worshipping just this week in Lviv in the outside marketplace a communion service took place as people recognised God was still in control that country is full of amazing Sisters and brothers in Christ who are doing amazing work of love, of care, and still worshipping their Saviour. And I've got to ask us a question. If we were faced with the same thing, would we still gather to worship God? Would we? Or would we flee? How important is our worship of God? For Daniel, his relationship with God was first and foremost and most important. And as we go through the story, we see that God showed Daniel that which was going to happen. And he showed Daniel that God has it in control. You see... The passage from Daniel 8, 3 to 4 talks about the rise of the Medo-Persia and because we know that because that's what the angel later told it was going to happen. And yes, it happened. Yes, that event did happen, that did rise and just as the vision happened, told it was going to do and the two great 
but uneven horns gave us more confidence in naming the second place based in the last chapter who was raised up on one side of the Medo-Persia shows us that God was not only predicting the future, he was controlling it. The second was the rise of Greece. And we see that this was the story of Alexander the Great as he became known. And you can read about it in history. And as that rising came up, yes, the fourfold divisions of his kingdom among his generals did happen. And Alexander the Great, one of the most influential people to ever live. But here he's not much more than a footnote. Because the focus falls on his successor who goes to war with God and his people. And so often what happens in history and what God's predicting here is people become powerful and end up up fighting God himself. And let me give you a clue here who wins. When you start fighting God, there's only one outcome. Because God is all-powerful. God will not be defeated. God will not be defeated. You see, the rise of Antichus the fourth, which is predicted in Daniel nine, sorry, Daniel eight, nine to fourteen, is the one who's fighting God. He was determined to exterminate the Jews and their religion. And he's a great picture of what the final Antichrist would be like. His character, his actions, and even the power behind him are the characteristics of the final Antichrist. Yet, he is defeated. I took heart from verse 27, a bit like Jan. Because it was beyond understanding. The vision was beyond understanding. It's not that Daniel didn't understand the contents of the vision, because we see that Gabriel had come to help him understand what was going to happen, which Gabriel does. But Daniel is struggling to understand the magnitude of what is going to happen. He's struggling to understand what is going on and the effect of it. He's not struggling to understand the chronological order of things. But he's emotionally trying to process what's going on. You see, when these visions were taking place, Persia and Greece, which were to become the powers that are talked about in here, were not great at all. They were nothing. 
And this is what makes the vision so amazing, that God was speaking into a situation which had no sense of it ever going to be able to happen. And Daniel was trying to comprehend how could little Persia or little Greece rise to do this. But he faithfully recorded what God had said, even though he did not understand it. He didn't understand how something so awful is going to happen to God's people. After all, this just does not compute. Isn't it been bad enough already as we've been exiled, our temple has been destroyed? How's it going to be so much worse? Yet he faithfully recorded it, trusting God. Daniel didn't understand how the temple could ever be rebuilt if all this is going to happen. Yet he faithfully recorded it. Because Daniel's relationship with God was so great, he trusted whatever God told him. No matter how hard or unbelievable the events were going to be. And I believe that as we go through and we look at a world which is in, yet we know the end story, don't we? We know that God is going to redeem his people. We know that God is going to forgive his people. We know that those who die in a relationship with Jesus are going to have eternal life. We know that. I wonder if we can faithfully record it. I think it was Vicky a few weeks ago, I'm not sure now, who said... You know, can we believe in the dark what we learned in the light? And as we're in a world which feels a dark place at the moment, can we still believe what we learned in the light? And I'm going to flick back to that sermon that I preached weeks ago now. Maybe one person remembers it. That was always a blessing when one person remembers the sermon. Remember when we did the overview of Daniel and we started about talking about being rooted. Rooted. What's that mean? Well, it's about spending time with God, allowing ourselves to put roots down that will nourish us even in And now we're in hard times. Are we drawing nourishment from our relationship with God? Or are we so fearful that any relationship with God has gone and we just face Alongside rootedness, it's standing up. Even at this time, will we stand up for what we believe in? Stand up for our God. 
Stand up for righteousness. Stand up. See, God will lead us through our perplexity. Past our questioning. Back to trust in him. Yes, we will bring our questions to God. And maybe you have, your questions to God have grown as your plans have been frustrated, as everything of the last two years has got on top of you and you're bringing your questions to God. Why? Why did we have a pandemic? Why is there war in Ukraine? Why? 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 And they have human things to do. But can we say, we know you know, Lord, and we trust you. The God who knew of the rise of Greece and the Persian media empires knows, and we can trust him. could talk about the warnings and the Bible's full of them aren't they and maybe another series we might do is on the book of Revelation there's a challenge we'll start at chapter 7 and go through to the end it's about when I have three months sabbatical I think we'll do that one <laughs> the warnings God's warning his people And we could look at the warnings about the rebellious people, those who run off away from God's rules. And there's so much in the Bible about it. But from this passage in Daniel chapter 8, we also need to see our security. Our security is in the God who is in control, the God who knows there may be trouble ahead, and the God who has the ultimate victory. Vicky and I love walking. Occasionally we get time to do it. And yesterday we were walking along a beach and watching all these dogs playing with each other and barking at each other. Why is it the little dogs think their bark is more scary to the big <laughs> dogs? I don't know. You sort of think, you're little, shut up. That one could just swipe you. But no, that's what little dogs do is they yap, don't they? I was watching one of these dogs on one of these extendable leaves. You know the ones, they push a button and the dog can run away. And the dog is running away. And you can sense the dog's thinking, I've got freedom. I can go as far as I... The lead lets me. God's rebellious creation may feel it's got freedom. Putin 
may feel he's got freedom. But one day, he's going to get to the end. And this thing's going to grab him round the neck and pull him into check. Because God has the ultimate victory. God has the ultimate victory. And like that dog lead, it is not infinite freedom. There is a limit when God will bring back. At the end of Daniel chapter 8, There is a sense of things being put back. Sorry, at the end of the vision in Daniel chapter 8, verse 14. There is that sense that God's going to take back control. The sanctuary will be reconsecrated. And we know that happened. The temple was rebuilt. And Jesus himself went and read the scriptures within the temple. This happened in 164 BC. But also in that we see Christ's coming. And we know a God who's going to bring around all restoration, revelations 21. Verse 5, I am making all things new, says God. Things went wrong back in a garden where Adam and Eve rebelled against God. Relationship with God became a broken and the world has been suffering the effects of sin ever since. God has worked through history to reveal himself to his people, to bring about restoration in stages. God has worked definitively in Jesus to bring about the restoration in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus who said, I am the light of the world. The light has come into the world. This same Jesus who invited people into a relationship with him said, I've come to bring life and life in all its fullness. Jesus did the impossible in delivering people from fear, demons, in healing. And at the cross, he defeated sin and evil. At the resurrection, he brought a new creation and restored new humanity. And all who come to faith in Jesus are being made spiritually alive and restored. What we experience now is only a part of that which we will experience in glory. Yes, we will all one day physically die, but we are promised life in a restored 
praise God. That doesn't stop the worries and the troubles. And Daniel 8, verse 27, shows how much this cost Daniel. Daniel was exhausted and laid for several days. You see, what God had imparted to Daniel wore him out. And he needed to be restored. And that responsibility of God's man in the moment was a huge emotional responsibility that Daniel took seriously. And God has put that burden also on many leaders since. And at times the sense of calling of God's leaders is exhausting. But Daniel rested and then it said, then I got up. I was a I got up and went about the king's business. He didn't just stay there. He got up and continued. He knew what was coming, but he continued to do what God had called him to do today. And I want to close this morning by saying, yes, we live in a dark world. But we know who's got the ultimate victory. That lead is going to snap and pull back into line those who are fighting God himself. Yes, in that song we sung, in heavenly armour we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. I want to ask you today, are you fighting God? Are you fighting God? Well, stop. God will get the victory. And it will be painful for you if you're fighting God. Find peace with God. And maybe today you're finding peace with God sense of just saying okay God I surrender my ambition just let you have your way in me I also want to say like Daniel's Once we've dealt with things with God, let's get on and be the people God's called us to be. Showing love, getting involved in the work of God. Not waiting around for something to happen, but actually make a difference. There must have been a huge temptation on Daniel, wasn't there? Well, I know it's all going to go wrong, so I'm just going to give up. But he didn't do that. He went to the place God had placed him and he did 
faithfully serve God in that place. And maybe today, alongside stopping your fight, God's calling you to get back on and doing the things God has called you to do. To serve him. In a moment we're going to sing a final song. It's a really old song. And it's deliberately chosen for its words. Sometimes we just like songs that make us feel good, don't we? Well this song, the words should make you feel good. I know who holds the future. And he guide me with his hands. With the God, things don't just happen. Everything by him is planned. So as I face tomorrow with its problems large and small, I'll trust the God of miracles. Give to him my all. I want to ask you, do you need to stop fighting God? Stop arguing with God. Stop rebelling. Stop thinking you've got a superior knowledge to God. And trust God. Do you need to get back on to serving God as God has called you and gifted? Do you really trust God going to have the victory? Really trust God's going to have the victory? And if so, would you trust him with your very life? Lord, as we're reminded from the passages of Scripture, from Daniel 8, as Daniel saw those visions of horrendous things going to happen, long before they ever could be seen to happen, yet, Lord, they came true. We know that the whole of Scripture is true. And that, Lord, we will rise in glory Christ comes again. Lord, we confess at times we've been fighting you. Wrestling with you. And Lord, we confess that maybe even now we're fighting. We're rebelling. Lord, help us to put down our fight and to be restored to you. Help us to put down that sense of self-righteousness 
have your hand upon our lives. Help us, Lord, to get on and doing the things you've equipped and called us to do. And Father, lead us your people and restore in us that sense you have the victory. And that, Lord, we don't know how. We don't know when. But we do know you have the victory and you're in control. Lord, we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If God's been speaking to you in some way or you've come with a heavy burden and you want prayer, can I encourage you to come to one of the front rows? And can I encourage some of the leadership, Shade, Rodney, and others that we can't see. Giddy, I think I saw somewhere around. If you can just be available to pray with people as they come towards the front after the service, if they want to receive a prayer. But we're going to sing that song. That song is a prayer. I do not know what lies ahead, the way I cannot see, yet one who stands near to be my guide, he'll show the way to me. Let's stand.